Psalms chapter 48. I think y'all are dealing with that. I'm dealing with a little Thanksgiving hangover today. It's hanging over my belt. Amen. Psalms 48, chapter 48, verse number 1. I want to read several verses. I'll, I'll not be long, but there are several verses here. It is, this is a song in Psalm for the sons of Korah. Many, many believe that this actually this psalm was written um, after they came back from captivity and rebuilding the walls and coming back to the city that it, they had a lot more to be thankful for, to be out of bondage, back to rebuild the walls, to rebuild the temple meant something a little bit extra when you you don't know what you've got until it's gone and when you don't have it and then you have you receive you get it again you appreciate it the second time so this is many theologians believe this is the the setting of this particular psalm but great is the lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our god god is great and greatly to be praised in the mountain of his holiness beautiful for situation the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion the joy everybody say joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north the city of the great king brother Nichols already mentioned we are a city set on a hill we are living in a city of the great king this morning. We are a part of Mount Zion this morning. God is known in her, referring to Zion, palaces for a refuge. There's refuge in Mount Zion this morning. There's refuge in the presence of the Lord this morning. Lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together, they saw it, and so they marveled. And they were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind, and as we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever. God's established His city, His heavenly host, His Mount Zion, if you will, forever. Selah. We have thought of Thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of Thy temple. <clears throat> According to Thy name, O God, so is Thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. So let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Redemption. Judgment begins at the house of God. If you are in Mount Zion, you should be thankful that you're in a place of redemption. You're in a place of the presence of the Lord. Verse number 12, we'll be taking our text from verse 12. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. I 
I can tell you the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous can run into and are safe. There's refuge in Zion. There's provision in Zion. There's safety in Zion. There's the presence of the Lord in Zion. So walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark you well her bulwarks. <clears throat> Consider her palaces. That you may tell it to the generation following. I pray the next generation has the opportunity and the understanding of what Mount Zion is and their access therein. It depends upon some moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas to tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever, and He will be our guide even unto death. Can I just tell somebody this morning, He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you. He's my personal guide. He's leading me, He's guiding me. My trust is in Him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My trust is in the Lord. Everywhere I go, He's my guide. As I tour this world, I'm on this journey. He's my tour guide. He's my guide that leads me and guides me in my walk through this life. Verse number 12, walk about Zion. I want to preach this morning for a few minutes on this subject, a walk about Zion. A walk about Zion. Lord, I need your Holy Ghost anointing. God, I need your presence, God, to touch me right now. Anoint my heart, my mind, my soul, my lips of clay. God, I am nothing without you. I don't want to be sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, but God, I pray your, your word, your voice would speak through me and to me this morning. God, give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of God for us today. I pray in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, give us a word today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. A walk about Zion. The ancient Hebrew word Zion, T-S-I-Y-O-N, is used around 155 times in the Old Testament and seven times in the New Testament. In the Bible, a little history lesson this morning as we get started, but in the Bible, Zion was a hill that is in Jerusalem. It is on a hill that was um, used to be a fortress, a Jebusite fortress, when David came and he claimed, conquered the, the city of Jerusalem. It was, it was a city that, we, that David built, if you will, and the temple really later Solomon will build the temple there. But to the Christians in the New Testament, Zion represents more than just a physical location. And it, yet it even represented more than a physical location in the Old Testament. It represents the heavenly city, the city that's set on a hill. Zion represents an eternal kingdom of God. It represents heaven on earth, if you will. It is not just a physical location, but a 
spiritual location. You understand parallels, I hope, this morning. Amen. There are parallels where you see something in the physical and there is a spiritual meaning behind it or that goes with it. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, we, that's physical water, but the spiritual component is the Spirit of God. The blood of Christ is washing away our sins. There is a spiritual and a physical connection, parallel, even in the plan of salvation. Praise God. Jesus was baptized as our example in the River Jordan. His sins were washed away. The River Jordan flows in the Dead Sea where nothing can live. Physical and a spiritual parallel. So in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Zion is a physical or was a physical location, and yet, yet it, was, it was more than just a physical, it was a spiritual location. It is reference to where the Spirit of God resides and abides. Zion in the Old Testament referred to one of three places, the physical hill where most ancient areas of Jerusalem stood. It is that old Jebusite fortress, that old stronghold that was conquered by David when he created and named the city after himself. Second, the city Zion refers to the city of Jerusalem itself. Or the third, it is a, simply a spiritual dwelling place of God. It is the spiritual and eternal kingdom of God. A spiritual dimension, if you will, on earth, in earth. 2 Samuel 5 and 7 talks about how <clears throat> David took the stronghold of Zion and the same is the city of David. 2 Samuel 5 and 7. When David captured Salem, changed the name to Jerusalem and it became the city of David. But I find that the city of David became Mount Zion. If you're, if you're, going, if you're, if you're get, having that sugar crash this morning, you might miss a couple good nuggets here. I'm going to get right into it. But the, the city of David that was called the city of David or Jerusalem was, was named after him, but it became Mount Zion after David brought the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, to Jerusalem. For many years... The ark wasn't even in Gebeah. It was a temple there, Moses' tabernacle. But the, the ark had been taken away. It was taken. They lost it in battles. Remember Hophni and Phinehas and, and, and Sin, and they lost it to the Philistines. And then it, they, they sent, it, sent it back to Obed-Edom's house. And it was there for, what, 20 years? And then for months, it's in Abinadab's house. And David brings the ark back to, not Gebeah, but his city. David said, I want the presence of God to be right here where I'm living. I want the presence of God to be right here where I'm dwelling. I want to be in the presence of the Most High. And that's how I feel this morning on a Sunday morning. I want to abide and dwell in the presence of the Lord. Oh, somebody give God some praise. the city of David because he has conquered it. He has captured it from the Jebusites. It's no longer a fortress of the enemy, but it is now a stronghold of the Lord. It is the city of David, Jerusalem, and yet, and yet it becomes even greater, more than that, a spiritual component to it because the presence of the Lord is brought there when the Ark of the Covenant is brought to Zion. 
One of the meanings of Zion, literal meaning, is stone. Mount Zion is the mount of stone or a mountain fortress. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And he that believeth shall not, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, shall not make haste. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, is the very foundation of Mount Zion. In other words, to get to the presence of the Almighty God, you gotta first go to the foundation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Cornerstone or foundation stone is a concept derived from the first stone that was set in the construction of a masonry foundation. It is important since all other stones will be set in reference to this stone. Everybody say reference. In reference. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. Can I tell you, the entire structure of the New Testament church and the entire structure of the Old Testament church is laid in Zion, is the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Praise God. First Peter 2 and 6. Wherefore also it is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. This is the New Testament going back, the, talking about the Old Testament that I just read from a minute ago. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded, but unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. I'm telling you this morning, our reference is to the stone of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, the foundation where no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Can I tell you this morning? The Zion is the heavenly kingdom of God. No other name under heaven. You're not hearing me. You, this is fresh revelation right now. There's no other name under heaven. There's no other foundation that supports Zion than the name of Jesus Christ. No other name under, under supporting heaven. The heaven is Mount Zion, but the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God. Psalms 14 and 7. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. Our salvation has come from Zion. Our foundation is set. Our salvation is set on the foundation of who Jesus is. God in the flesh. 1 Corinthians 3 and 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm enjoying preaching this right now. I hope you all enjoying hearing it. <coughs> Jesus' name never gets old to me. Talking about the kingdom of God never gets old to me. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 2.19. Now, therefore, 
You are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon, you ready, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the foundation of the new and the old, the foundation of the New Testament and the Old Testament. Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are builded together for a habitation, for a city, for a dwelling place, for Mount Zion, for God through the Spirit. Romans 9.33, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Isaiah 46.13, I bring near my righteousness, it shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. And then the, the seventh time you find it in the New Testament, Zion, Revelations 14, John is seeing the Lord, and he says, and I looked, and lo, a lamb, Jesus Christ, stood on Mount Zion. Prophet said, Our reference point should always and will always be that chief cornerstone. Our reference point should always be Mount Zion. Your spiritual reference point should always be Christ and Him crucified. So when I say I'm going for a walk about, You need to understand the definition of about. About is in reference to. When I'm walking about Mount Zion, I'm walking in reference to Christ. When I'm walking about Mount Zion, I'm walking in reference to my foundation. I've got a relationship. I've got a reference point. When I begin to praise and worship, I just go to my reference point. When I'm in the car, I can just call on the name of Jesus. And I'm immediately in the presence. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus is my reference point. In our text, in verse number two of our text, says the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Can I tell you this morning, there's no place like the presence of the Lord. Psalms 9, 11, sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion. God lives and abides in the praises of his people. Psalms 22 and 3, he said that I inhabit in the praises of Israel. And we sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion, and declare among the people his doings. We've been singing this morning, we're praising and we're worshiping as we should. Why? Because that's how we have access. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We go to the city that is set on the hill, Mount Zion, through our praise and our worship. Psalm 76 and 1, in Judah is God known, and his name is great in Israel. In Jerusalem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. Yeah. 
It says Jerusalem's the physical tabernacle. He said, but I dwell in Zion. He said, it's talking in the Old Testament, he said, the physical place, the physical is the Ark of the Covenant there in the city of David in, in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. But I dwell in Zion. I dwell in praise and worship. I can be, oh, you're not hearing me this morning. I can always be found in worship. I can always be found in praise. I can always be touched. I can always be reached. If you want to get a hold of God, you got to praise Him. If you need to get a hold of God, you got to worship Him. You got to go to Mount Zion. You got to get a hold of God. You got to praise and worship. And you got to go where He is. He lives, he dwells, he abides in the praises. Well, I'm going for a walk about Zion. I'm going for a walk. Every time I'm worshiping, I'm going for a walk. You don't want to tell somebody, you need to go for a walk. Come on, let's go for a walk today. Let's go for a walk today. Let's begin to praise and worship and magnify God. Let's go for a walk about Zion today. Let's, he's my reference point. He's, uh, he's who I'm connected to. Psalms 99 and 2, the Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. God is always found and always great in Zion. Mount, uh, Psalms 125, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed and abideth forever. And the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. Did you catch that? The Lord is round about Referencing his people. When I'm walking in Zion, he's walking about me. When I'm, when I'm worshiping, I'm walking and I'm magnifying. God is, he's about me. The Lord is round about those that walk about his city. The Lord is round about those that walk about Zion. The Lord is always about and around those that praise and worship him. Psalms 132, 13, for the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell. He said forever I'll be found in Zion. I'll forever. You know what heaven's going to be like? Zion. It's going to be praise and worship. Forever I'll be there. In the midst of praise. In the midst of worship. I'll forever. Here will I dwell, and for I have a desire that I will abundantly bless her provision. There's provision in Zion. There's provision. There's blessing. I will satisfy her poor with bread. That kind of bread, but you are rich and increase with the bread of life. I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud with joy. <laughs> Why? Because there's always joy in Zion. 
Sing that song. I got the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. Why? Because I'm in Mount Zion. I'm living in Zion. I'm dwelling where he dwells. I'm abiding where he abides. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Anyone thankful that there's joy and provision in Zion this morning? In case you haven't forgotten it, Zion is wherever the presence of God is. Zion is wherever the spirit of the Lord is. Zion is where the name of the Lord is called. Psalms 149 and 1, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. And it goes on on how we should praise. Can Can I just say, we have a right and a mandate to praise because we are children of the Most High. Isaiah 35 and 10, and the ransomed, Hebrew word padah, they're ransomed in the Old Testament. Padah means to be delivered, to be rescued, the ransomed, the delivered, the saved of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Bible tells me there's not going to be any pain nor sorrow over there. There's no pain, no sorrow in heaven. Amen. There's no arthritis. I hate Arthur, don't you? There's no arthritis in glory. There's no pain, no sorrow in suffering over there. Because the Bible tells me that in the presence of God, Mount Zion, there's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no suffering. Joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. There's joy and gladness in Mount Zion. There's joy and gladness when you come to Zion. But sorrow and sighing have to flee away. Can I tell you, when you get in the presence of the Lord. There's no sorrow here either when you're in Mount Zion. There's no depression in the presence of God. Don't mess people up. When you get to Mount Zion, addiction has to go. Depression has to flee. What you need is to come to Zion, get in the presence of the Most High, have a reference point with the Lord. Sometimes we come to God not just to receive, but we need to come to God to get rid of some things. You need to come into the presence of God. God can take an alcoholic and just take that desire away. Why? Because when you get in the presence of God, when you come to Zion, some people don't want to get rid of it. So they can't really, oh, they feel the presence of God, but they don't have a Mount Zion experience. Well, you need a, you need a mountaintop experience every once in a while to make sure all that nasty stuff that you've been, that's trying to get a hold of you, hold of your life, trying to weight you down, you need to get rid of that mess. 
How do I do that? You just get to Mount Zion. You have to, you, I'll give you a reference point this morning. It's Jesus Christ. You, you need a reference point. You need to take a walk about Zion this morning. You need to get in the presence of the Most High. Let the Holy, till the Holy, till you don't care what nothing else is going on. You don't care what nobody else is saying. You don't care what nobody else thinks about you. You just, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Mount Zion. It's in me and my, my relationship with the Lord. When I get in that place, nothing else matters. Isaiah 51 and 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. Oh, man. And he will make her wilderness like Eden. So there were some people, I know some people came to God, they were wasted when they came to God. But they didn't stay that way when they came to Zion. They, they, they were... They had no comfort. They had no peace of mind. Life was a wilderness. Life was a desert. It was dry. But when they came to Zion, when they got in the presence of the Lord, joy and gladness was found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Verse 11, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. And they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. He went on to say, I, even I, am he that comforteth you. I came this morning to give an invitation. I came this morning because I believe that God wants to, or has extended or wants to extend an invitation to someone to go for a walk with Jesus about Zion. Someone needs to take a walk this morning and walk about Zion. Walking about, as I said a minute ago, a walk is a refer about is a reference to. It is a walk in regards to. Let the redeemed of the Lord. I have a reference point. The redeemed of the Lord have a reference point. Verse 11, let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters, this is in our text, verse 11 of our text, let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgment. The redeemed of the Lord say so. I've, my sin has been judged. I've, been, I've repented of my sins. My sins have been washed away. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. People out there are afraid of coming to church because they're afraid of being judged. I'm thankful that I can come to church and be judged. I'm thankful I can come and have my sins judged. Get them under the blood. Get them taken care of. That way I can say, I am free. I am free. I am free. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. That's about a third of my message, and I may not preach all this today. Can I have just a few minutes? In the Bible, Mount Zion also. You can find it. It's referenced throughout the Old Testament 150 plus times in the Old Testament. is often referred to as a place that was the center of worship. Zion is the worship center where the Lord abides. You see, when we worship the Lord, we're walking about Mount Zion. 
Oh, man. I heard somebody say, when's the last time you praised and worshipped until you no longer felt alone? I was working. I don't really, I, let's not, let me, let, that may be an exaggeration. I was tinkering in the shop yesterday. It was just me in an empty shop. And I was put on some preaching, and then I had a little singing. And I was just tinkering, doing a little painting, doing a little praying. Before long, I just began to feel the Holy Ghost. I said, thank you, Jesus. You may think you're all by yourself in your home, but when, you get, but when you're in Mount Zion, when you have a relationship with the Lord... You see here, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Can I, can I curse somebody? The Bible says the angels worship. When you transition into the spiritual realm, into a spiritual dimension of Zion, and you begin to praise and worship, you're no longer by yourself. As Hebrews 12 starts, I'm already headed to my close, but when Hebrews 12 starts, we are compassed about with so great a cloud. You see, when you begin to praise and worship and you transition to Mount Zion relationship and you begin to get in the presence of God, you are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. All the saints that have already gone to be absent in body is to be present in the, with the Lord. I'm, my dad's dead and gone, but he's, he, he's not lost because I know where he is. And he's worshiping God over in that spiritual, heavenly place. But when my physical, can I set it, set it aside, and I begin to praise and I worship God, and I enter into the spiritual dimension. I'm praising in the same realm. That's okay, you've got a right to be wrong if you disagree. The Bible says heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. How does heaven know? They get, they get the news. Jesus says, hey, look. Heaven throws a party over one sinner. That enters into the spiritual realm. Into that Mount Zion relationship. So you may think you're by yourself. Like I thought I was by myself in the shop yesterday. But I quickly realized because I began to feel the strong presence of the Lord. I believe maybe there were even angels in my shop yesterday. Just hanging out because I somehow transcended into the, from the physical into the spiritual. When I'm worshiping in my car, hey man, it becomes Zion to me. When I'm worshiping at work, it work becomes Mount Zion for me. When Paul and Silas began to pray and sing hymns in a prison, it quickly turned at midnight into Mount Zion. I'm talking about what happens when we walk about Zion. What happens when you walk about Zion? 1 Kings 8 and 1, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes of the chiefs 
of the fathers of the children of Israel unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David. You see, David couldn't build the temple, but he got all the materials so that Solomon could build the temple. And when Solomon had built the temple of the Lord with all the, the things that materials that David, his father, had provided, when Solomon finished, it was complete. He said, it's time to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David, which is Zion. That's what the Bible says. Verse 10, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud, everybody say cloud, filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. I think it's time we have a Shekinah glory of cloud from the presence of God again at the Apostolic Rock Church. I think it's time that the Shekinah glory fall in your prayer room, in your prayer closet. See, when the the presence of the Lord fills the house, they call it Mount Zion. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's liberty in Mount Zion. In Isaiah 61, chapter 61, verse number 1, you'll find later, Jesus, when he goes, he reopens the book to Isaiah and he begins to read this passage. He said, The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, and to appoint unto them, you ready? Every one of those he just named. The meek. The brokenhearted, the bound, the captive, those in prison. To them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Where does the change take place? In Zion. In the presence. It's in Zion that happens. It's in that place where you're walking about having a reference, having a connection with Jesus Christ. That's where it takes place. It doesn't take place on a bar stool. It doesn't take place out there in the world. It only takes place when you come to a point called Zion. When you reach a place where you put everything aside and you ascend to the presence of the Lord. And then Jesus, he closed the book and he said, this day the scripture is fulfilled. I'm here. Zion's here. I give you a reference. You're not getting it. This day, let me give you, I'm the reference point. I'm the reference point. (laughs) 
guess that didn't get you shouting. Okay, how about Joel chapter 3? The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people. I don't care how ugly it gets out there, he's still my hope. He's still lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's still the lion from the mount of Zion. When I get in the presence of the Lord, I get to hear him roar as king of kings. Oh, you're not hearing me right now. When I move and move into the presence of the Almighty, when I move and transcend into the presence of the Almighty, the mighty God, the king of kings, that's when he will roar. And the strength of the Children of Israel, he said, so shall you know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. And then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. We're no more strangers or foreigners. We're no, we're no longer, I read it to you in Ephesians chapter 2 already, we're no longer, we are fellow citizens. With the saints. And that reference point, you can find the same passage one of the times. Zion. See, there's no strangers in Zion. You are known. When you move into the presence of the Most High, you are known of Him. It's not just that you're... Not, you're not a stranger to one another. No, you are no. Brother Cotton, he knows our name. Me and Jesus are on a first name basis. <laughs> I am known of him. Why? Because I'm a child of Zion. I got I to try to bring this to a close. Obadiah said in chapter 1 of Obadiah, but upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. You see, holiness and deliverance coexist in Zion. You can't be holy. You can't get to Zion. You can't have... People want deliverance. They don't want holiness. Well, you can't get... Deli- you have to have deliverance. To get deliverance, you've got to have holiness to get to the place. Holy, 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 holy. Angels cry, holy, 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 holy. Without, can I tell the, the reason why we're Pentecostal and experience apostolic and doctrine, holy and lifestyle? Because uh, you can't have deliverance any other way. But when you're holy and you receive deliverance, you ready? He said, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. God will always bless those in Zion. That's why I'm taking a walk about Zion. Where are you going to go? I'm going to go for a walk. Where are you going? I'm going to go spend some time in Zion. I'm going I'm to walk about Zion. Matter of fact, I'm just going to stay in Zion. If you Thank you very much. I'm Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. God, you're a great God. You're my Lord and Savior. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. And we begin to pray and we transcend into that spiritual realm. 
and we begin to have a relationship and we begin to feel the presence of the Lord. What am I doing? I'm ascending. You see, here's the thing. We talk about praise and worship going up. Here's the thing. When you send up praise and worship, you are elevating yourself. Into the presence of the Lord. If you want to be in the presence of the Lord bad enough, you don't care what anybody else thinks. You're going to praise. You're going to worship. You're going to pray. You're going to fast. You're going to say, God, take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. God, I don't care if I own a, a, a nice car or a nice house, but I got to have the presence uh, like David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David was glad when he brought the ark back into the city and he began to praise and worship and offer sacrifice. Why? Because the presence of God was more important than position. I don't care about position. I care about presence. In verse 12 of our text, and I'm closing, he said, walk about Zion and go round about her and tell the towers thereof. It's time you go for a walk this morning. When's the last time you went for a walk about Zion? When's the last time you went for a walk about Zion to where you were just basking in the presence of the Most High? Nothing else mattered. Matter of fact, everything else was easy to lay aside. Every weight. Matter of fact, it's only in that place of Mount Zion you truly can lay aside every sin and weight which does sleep. Because Hebrews 12 says, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You got to get into the cloud. Where do you go? What's in the cloud? The presence of the Lord is in the cloud. And when you get into the cloud of praisers and worshipers and you are compassed about in that spiritual realm, he said you can, in the same verse, you can lay aside every sin and the weight which does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto. How can you see Jesus? You got to get in the cloud. You got to get to Mount Zion. Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> I just read the beginning of verse 1. Come past about and lay aside every weight. But a few verses later in verse 18, the writer said, For you are not coming to the mountain that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. He's talking about all the way back to the He's re He's referencing Moses receiving the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament, the, the birth of the Old Testament church. Moses on Mount Sinai. They had just been brought out of Egypt, out of bondage. They crossed the Red Sea. They're down at that, at that peninsula there, Sinai Peninsula, Peninsula, down at the bottom. It's a place called Sinai. Here's Moses on the mountain. God, the glory of God is on top of the mountain. Because the presence of God is always on Mount Zion. What was up there around the mountain? Smoke. Because he is a consuming fire. <clears throat> That's the reference point. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they had 
that heard and treated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Back at Mount Sinai, the people, they didn't want to go up into the presence. They said, Moses, you go up because God is, they were terrified. They were petrified. They didn't even want to hear. They said, Moses, let God talk to you, and then you come back and tell us what to do. It's so holy. It's so, we don't want to go. I want to go. So Moses goes up, and he experiences the glory of God in the cloud. I wonder... How many more could have gone? But they chose not to. You ready? I love preaching. I love to preach. I, I, love, I love seeing people have, their, have an experience with God. I, I, love, I love a Holy Ghost powerful field service. People experiencing basking in the presence of God. But can I tell you, as pastor, I, don't, I can't satis- be satisfied with somebody else going up to Mount Zion. I got to get to Mount Zion for myself. I've come to invite somebody. God's inviting you to come up to the mountain. God's inviting somebody to come to Mount Zion. God's giving you an opportunity to walk about Zion, to come to a higher dimension that you've never reached before. Verse 22, but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, And to an innumerable, you can't even count, company of angels. For the next few minutes this morning, I want us to make this house a Mount Zion. And I believe we'll be compassed about with an innumerable, too many to count angels in this place this morning. And I just believe there's people this morning going to be touched, going to be moved, going to be touched by the presence of the Lord. That God's going to send angels right now into this place. If we can begin to let our praise and our worship ascend to the Most High, we can turn this place this morning into Zion. I don't know how to make an altar call right now. All I'm going to say is, can we just turn this house into Zion for a few minutes this morning? If you want to come to an altar, you want to come stand, you want to come kneel, if you want to kneel in your, at the chair where you're at, if you just want to stand, I don't know, whatever you feel to do, whatever you need to do to get into the presence of the Lord, why don't we make this house a Zion this morning? Let our praises and our worship ascend. Oh.